This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man back, the founder and president of the Article 3 Project. It's Mike Davis. Mike, how are you? Good to see you. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I want you to talk about the lunacy of, of trying uh, or charging Rudy Giuliani with anything connected to RICO. I just think that's just a dumb... Mike, let me tell you something. This guy perfected the usage of that statute. It existed before him, but nobody used it right. He read Joe Bonanno's book and then took out the entirety of the five mob families in New York on a RICO case. Jack Smith, or not Jack Smith, this, this uh, person, uh, Fannie Willis in, in Georgia, is trying Rudy Giuliani on RICO or racketeering when of the 18 or 19 people charged, many of them don't know each other. How is that a RICO case? Help me out here. It's not. This is lawless. This is election interference. This is lawfare by Democrats on many different fronts. As we've talked about, Joe, it started with Alvin Bragg's indictment of Trump for the non-felony of a businessman settling a nuisance claim. Uh, the the Federal Election Commission, the prior Manhattan DA, the, the U.S. attorney in Manhattan, and Alvin Bragg himself passed over on those charges because it was a nonsensical legal theory. It wasn't right. until Ma- Matthew Colangelo got sent from the Biden Justice Department to resurrect this zombie case to bring this uh, unprecedented first indictment of a, of a former president ever and a leading presidential candidate. And then Jack Smith uh, charged President Trump for the non-crime of having his presidential records which is allowed by the Presidential Records Act. That's why Congress gives former presidents the office of former president with secure office space, Secret Service protection, federally funded staff with security clearances. And then Jack Smith and this other Democrat DA, this Fannie Willis down in Fulton County, Georgia, are also charging Trump for the non-crime of objecting to a presidential election, which is allowed by the Electoral Count Act. Right. 1887 twisting arms politically is allowed by the First Amendment. And then you see the New York Attorney General, Tish James, bringing civil fraud charges against Trump for the non-fraud of a businessman paying back sophisticated Wall Street banks in full with interest. Uh, we're, we're hearing rumblings that we could get charges from Democrat prosecutors in either or both Arizona and Michigan. This is going to backfire on these Democrats. They're, they're, they're turning this into a joke. It's similar to what the Democrats did during the Kavanaugh confirmation. They didn't just stick to Christine Blasey Ford, who was lying through her teeth, but was the most credible. They brought in uh, five other bogus allegations against Justice Kavanaugh, and it guaranteed that he was put on the Supreme Court for the rest of his life and four Senate Democrat incumbents in 2018 got sent into early retirement when the Democrats won the House of Representatives. It should have been a great year. And so at the end of the day, the American people are going to decide these cases on November 5th, 2024. Well, I agree with you, Mike, but see, here's the problem. It's uh, Mike Davis. He's the founder and president of the Article 3 Project. Go to article3project.org, go help out, go see what he does, and uh, go follow him, M-R-D-D-M-I-A, over on um, uh, on Twitter and elsewhere. It, Mike, the problem is I grew up, uh, I guess, very naive. 
I thought there were checks and balances. I thought the prosecutors could not do this and go rogue. It's not one. It's not two. It's going to end up being five or six different prosecutors. In Georgia alone, Mike, and again, I always thought we had this fair system where you couldn't have one that had more power than the other when it came to the branches. But as I look at what's happening in Georgia, she's literally charging not only the guy, but she's charging all of his lawyers. Mike, I'm confused because I thought you had the the absolute right to get good legal representation, to to mount a defense or to mount a support system around you, and then you had this thing called confidentiality between yourself and your your legal team. How is she getting away with this in a system I thought had checks and balances? Well, because you have these Democrat prosecutors and these Democrat judges and these Democrat juries and these Democrat hellholes like D.C., New York and Atlanta, and they think that they're going to decide the election instead of the American people on November no, November 5th, 2024. And you're seeing this in the polls already. This is backfiring. The first indictment helps Trump win the, the nomination. Jack Smith's indictment put, put, put Trump within close contention of Biden. Jack Smith's second indictment put Trump ahead of Biden. And I think that any subsequent uh, indictment of Trump, like like Trump said, just he needs one more indictment to win this election. And I think that's what's going to happen here because look, they're obviously coordinating. Fannie Willis down in Atlanta did a press conference after she announced this indictment, the most inappropriate press conference you can have as a prosecutor, and she was asked whether she was coordinated with Jack Smith and the Biden Justice Department, and she refused to answer the question. And it's obvious that right. they're all coordinating. They waited 30 months until Trump left office to bring all of this lawfare on many different fronts, and now they're demanding to rush to have trials. After waiting 30 months, they're demanding to rush to have trials to interfere in the presidential election, and that's very obvious that that's what they're doing. And back to your uh, your comment about the racketeering statute, what is the alleged crime that they were agreeing to do here? It's not illegal to object to presidential elections. And so right. what is the alleged goal. What, what was the alleged illegal goal? To overturn the election? That's not illegal, right? That's that's through the political and legal process, and that's allowed. Right. Otherwise, Democrats would be in jail for objecting and trying to overturn the election and for Republican wins in 19, six, uh, 1968, 2000, 2004, and 2016. This is very political, and I think the American people are waking up to this. Al Gore to this day thinks he won in 2000. It was 36 days before the American people found out who the next president was going to be. Nobody was thrown in jail. Nobody faced charges. Nobody was even questioned when the one side said, I won. The other side said, I won. One of those sides was wrong, Mike, and nobody faced any charges. Uh, the, the most incredible case to me is the one that Jack Smith has in Washington, D.C., where he claims Donald Trump knew he lost in 2020. Now, it's going to go into the mechanisms of his mind. He knew he lost, but even with that knowledge, he still tried to overturn it. Now, Mike, I don't know if you know Donald Trump. I do. The guy to this day thinks he, he won in 2020. Right now, when we hear him on Tucker tonight, he's going to say, I won in 2020. Jack Smith only can have a case if he's got some verifiable proof that Donald J. Trump knew he lost in 2020 and then lied by, by, by ginning up a bunch of trouble among the American people claiming that he was ripped off. What do you think about that case? It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You're exactly right about that. Here's the problem. You have, again, you have a Democrat prosecutor. You have this Democrat Obama judge, Tanya Shukin, and you have a D.C. jury pool that's 90, that voted 95% against Donald Trump, 95% Trump courage. What needs to happen for these January 6th cases, the one in D.C. and the one 
down in Fulton County, Georgia, is the president needs to file a motion to dismiss these indictments on two different legal fronts. Okay. Number one, presidential immunity. He did, he he he. What he did on January sixth, he did it within his presidential powers or on the outer boundary, the outer perimeter of his presidential powers, and that's the Supreme Court case law. Right. Alternatively, if he if he, if he doesn't have presidential immunity, if he's not acting as the president of the United States, which I don't know how he's not acting as the president of the United States, if your allegation is is he's ordering his vice president to overturn the election. You can't do that as a private citizen. The only way you could do that as the pres- is, a, is as the president of the United States. So alternatively, if he's doing it within his personal capacity as Donald J. Trump instead of President Trump, he can file a motion to dismiss on First Amendment grounds because th- there's no allegation here of any sort of threat, violence, uh, extortion, force, right. anything that can make this illegal. The only way... What President Trump did on January 6th, would, the only way it would be illegal is if he actually incited the riots or if he was encouraging violence or if he was threatening, uh, if he was making inappropriate threats against prosecutors that he was going to, you know, do something illegal to their family. That's the right. only way. Otherwise, this is clearly political speech, poli- clear, clearly uh, redress of government, uh, clearly political conduct that is absolutely protected by the First Amendment if it's in his personal capacity or within presidential immunity if it's in his presidential capacity. We literally, Mike, and it's Mike Davis, founder of the uh, Article 3 Project, article3project.org. We literally have him saying, go peacefully, patriotically. We literally have him saying, leave the police alone. They're doing a hard a hard job. We have them him saying, just raise your voices, let them know what you want them to do. But when it comes to Mike, uh, to Mike Pence... He's lying about what Trump said to him. Penn said, Trump asked me to choose between him and the Constitution. That's a lie. What Trump said, and I've got this from Christina Bob, one of Trump's lawyers, is, Mike, send those four envelopes back to the states that want them back. They want them back. They're not sure they sent the right uh, electors or delegates. And Mike Pence said no, and he opened them, and then there was open debate about, about people challenging the delegates. Donald Trump has every right to say, hey, Mike, do me a favor. These, state, these four states want these electors back. Send them back. Let them deal with it on a state level. We shouldn't be dealing with this today. Am I wrong about that? No, you're absolutely right, and that's, that's what happened with Kennedy's election in 1960. So, right. I mean, it, this is the, it's the political process. Sometimes it's an ugly process. It's, it's not... Sometimes it's unseemly, but it is the political process. And if we're going to put politicians in prison for twisting arms, uh, uh, twisting, uh, twisting political arms, every politician in America, uh, maybe besides Chuck Grassley, my former boss, who's the nicest guy <laughs> in the world. But other than that, I, I think every politician in America is going to go to prison under this racketeering theory. Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's Mike Davis. Go to article3project.org. Mike, I've got to ask you, we're doing this today on Wednesday, the 23rd of August in 2023, for those who are watching it later. Um, what's likely to happen tomorrow when the former president of the United States is going to go to Fulton County, where they gleefully are going to take a mugshot of, of him, and they're going to ask him for $200,000 bond? What's likely to happen tomorrow? Well, I think what's going to happen tomorrow is the Democrats are going to gleefully, as you said, put out that mugshot. And I think it's going to offend the American people. It's going to make it very real to the American people that we've become a third world Marxist hellhole banana republic. And we have these Democrat prosecutors in these Democrat hellholes like New York, D.C. and Atlanta who, who are arrogant enough to think that they get to decide the next presidential election instead of real America, real Americans and real America. Does he come out stronger because of this? I, I think he will. I, I, if you look at the polling... 
again, every time they indict him, it just cheapens the first indictment. They should have just stuck to Jack Smith's uh, Mar-a-Lago uh, raid uh, indictment for the presidential records. Right. It's clearly going to win ultimately on the Presidential Records Act versus the Espionage Act, but that was their most plausible case. But they couldn't. They couldn't do that. They had to bring in Alvin Bragg, and they had to bring in Jack Smith's other January sixth indictment, and then you had to bring in, you know, Tish James up in New York, and uh, you know the Fulton County DA. I mean, it, it just never stops. Again, it was right. the Kavanaugh confirmation. They couldn't just stick to Christine Blasey Ford and beat him. They brought in five others and ended up losing four Senate Democrat incumbents and Kavanaugh's on the Supreme Court for the rest of his life. And guess what? He overturned Roe versus Wade. So, you know, put that in your pipe. Yeah, no, exactly right. It's uh, Mike Davis. Go follow him everywhere. Go to the article3project.org. A couple of last quick questions, Mike. Number one, I had Alan Dershowitz on Monday. He said the the worst case for Trump, and he says it's not even as big, it's not like even a cigar, it's a it's a small cigarette butt of a case. He kept on making that reference, which was weird. But um, he said the only case they really have is Jack Smith has this audio tape of Donald Trump allegedly showing something he didn't declassify to a reporter saying, I probably should have declassified this, but I didn't need to declassify it. Um, you know, my retort to that was, well, he could have been lying. It could have been a, a piece of blank paper. We don't know what he was showing to, to the reporter. But is, is that your belief as well, that that's the only meat to any case here that Trump may have said, I have something I know that I didn't declassify and I'm showing it to you? It doesn't matter whether he declassifies things or not. He's he, These are his presidential records. He's allowed to have his presidential records. He's allowed to show people he designates his presidential records. And like you said, there's no evidence that it wasn't. How do we know it wasn't just Trump blustering like Trump does, right? right. Where's, the, where's the document? Where's the document that he actually showed to the reporter? And then did he wave it in the air? Did, did, she, did he actually give it to her and let her see it? And actually read it. I mean, that's the difference. And there's no evidence that he put it in front of her. Let her see her. Let let her see it. Let her read it. And even if he did, remember, we're dealing with the Presidential Records Act, not the right. Espionage Act. And, and if you look at the top drawer of Bill Clinton, his sock drawer, he had stuff that we know that he didn't openly declassify. And this was his side, I believe, of conversations with world leaders that he allegedly wasn't allowed to have until the until the judge and jury of the judge. The judges said, no, he can have that presidential record stuff. It's Mike Davis. Go follow him, MRDDMIA, over on social media. One last question. You alluded to this a second ago, but give me about a minute on this if you don't mind. Are you telling me that we have people in different states lined up and ready to go when all four of these indictments fail, that they're going to start indicting as well? They're just going to keep on doing this until the, until the election? It sounds like it. We're, we're hearing rumblings that this uh, attorney general out in Arizona who barely won the election and only won the election because the Democrats cheated. They yes. they had the wrong size ballots for people right. who came in on voting day. They People signed a re- overwhelmingly Republican voters who showed up on election day. They checked in. Their ballots wouldn't get sent through the readers because they were the wrong size and they got right. sent to a different voting location where they had to wait again. And many of these people were disenfranchised. The Democrats opposed a like three hour extension. And this Democrat judge in Arizona would not give a like a three hour extension. So those people who lined up and waited and waited because of this failure in Maricopa County, they couldn't vote. So you have this you have this uh, this Arizona attorney general who's not who was not even legitimately elected. Uh, barely, uh, you know, the vote t- tally was ahead by like 250 votes. Clearly, would not have won if they actually had a, a fair election in Maricopa, Maricopa County that day. Right. Uh, this attorney general apparently is looking at charging Trump for another January 6th theory. I, I wow. mean, maybe Michigan, another Democrat 
attorney general up there. But Dana Nessel will, will, will indict a ham sandwich. We know that Dana Nessel will do that. She tried to she tried to arrest reporters, Mike, who are reporting the, the truth about science and COVID. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that's happening. So she's in line, too? It sounds like it. But, again, once they file the motion to dismiss on the presidential immunity, unlike the First Amendment, that, ha- that has to go through the whole the trial process and the, okay. the, the appeals, the presidential immunity is immediately appealable. And that is an issue that you can get up to the Supreme Courts, potentially. They don't have to take the case. But if you if they remove this case to the Northern District of Georgia, to federal court, they file this motion to dismiss for presidential immunity or alternatively First Amendment. If they if that if that motion for presidential immunity is denied, it is immediately appealable to the 11th Circuit. And if they deny it, the Supreme Court could take that case. That's the that is the way you can get the Supreme Court to take the, these January 6 cases with Jack Smith. Uh, with Fannie Willis, maybe with Michigan, uh, maybe with Arizona, and get those resolved immediately so they're not interfering in the, the next election. Always amazing information. Mike Davis, founder, president, Article 3 Project, article3project.org. Follow him, MRDDMIA, over on social media. Mike, I appreciate you jumping in today. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. My pleasure to have you. Mike Davis, always spot on with his analysis. We're going to next hour have Ronnie Jackson on. He's a U.S. representative. He's also the former White House doctor, which means he was the doctor for George W. Bush. He was the doctor for Barack Obama. He was the doctor for Donald Trump. And uh, he, he takes a look at Biden walking around aimlessly the way that he does. And he's got his opinions on what he thinks might be going on. We talk about that at length. We also talk about he made some comments recently about Kevin McCarthy as speaker. Is Ronnie Jackson still behind Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House? That's a very interesting question, and his answer is even more interesting. Then we talk about funding and financing and and whether we're going to be able to get a budget going from the House of Representatives. We, we hear so often that the House has the purse strings. The House has the spending. The House controls the money. And then we get disappointed by what the House doesn't do. So we'll talk to him about that. Uh, look, listen, I tell him to his face, and, and he doesn't argue it, that Kevin McCarthy was rolled by, by Biden when it came to that budget deal and the deficit and the debt ceiling deal. Can't have that happen again. You have to have, you have to do something about um, about spending going forward. Otherwise, why does the Republican Party have the House? You can't just keep on rolling over and looking for a bipartisan you know, uh, agreement. You had more Democrats vote for that debt ceiling thing than you had Republicans. So that was a loss in a big way. We talked to him about all that. Also, the farm bill, how important that is. The agriculture. Where is the agriculture in this country? Is it in red or blue areas? We're going to talk about that as well. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Go there right now. Click on Watch Now or scroll down. Click on Contact. We're coming back. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show.